For those who don't know me, my name's Kelsey, and I'm the, uh, I oversee the children's ministry here at Ellerslie, and it is my favorite part of my job is the week of day camp. Uh, just something about uh, a whole bunch of kids coming together, kids that don't even normally come to our church, coming to our church, and we just get to build relationships with them. We get to share about Jesus. We get to have lots of fun, and we just get to be together and talking about the most important thing uh, in my life and our team's life and our church's life, and that's Jesus. And this week, our theme was Rocky Railway, and we talked all about how Jesus's power pulls us through all of life's ups and downs. And we learned a few different lessons along the way. And kids, I need your help to share with everyone else what we've been learning. Ready? On Monday, we learned that Jesus's power helps us do hard things. Trust Jesus. On Tuesday, we learned that Jesus's power helps us be bold. Trust Actually, that was Wednesday's one. On Tuesday, Jesus' power gives us hope. Jesus. On Thursday, we learn that Jesus' power lets us live forever. Trust Jesus. And on Friday, we learn that Jesus' power helps us be good friends. Trust Jesus. Awesome. Throughout our week, we learned about the early church and about one leader in particular called Paul, who used to be called Saul, and he encountered Jesus. He was an enemy to the church and to Christians, but he encountered Jesus, and Jesus totally transformed and changed his life, and we heard about some different stories and things that happened to him and to other church leaders, and we also talked about how Paul wasn't just a church leader and shared about Jesus, but he also wrote a lot of the New Testament. And as part of that, we actually learned a piece that Paul wrote. Kids, I need you to stand up and help me recite Philippians 4.13. So all the kids in the, if you were at camp, stand up and you can help me recite Philippians 4.13. Nice and loud. Oh, and if our leaders are here too, awesome. I love it. All right. One, two, three, four. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Awesome. Have a seat. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to need four kids to help me up on stage with something. If you would like to help, please raise your hand. And I'm going to come out into the audience and choose four kids to help me out with a piece of this. All right. Let's have Elena. You can come on up. Jean, come on up. And let's have C. I see you. Just uh, Amira can come on up and let's have All right. There's lots of girls raising their hands. We have a girl group up here. All right. Girls, you guys can come stand right over here. One, two, three. Just spread out the long line right along there. But yeah, spread down. Move on down, Jean. All right. A little bit more down. Perfect. Awesome. In a second, I'm going to give you something to either hold or to wear, okay? And you're just going to hold on to it or wear it until I tell you to do something else with it, okay? Awesome. All right. Well, Philippians 4.13. 
It's a verse that's commonly used. Even if you never grew up in church or have even never read a Bible before, there's a good chance that you would have come across it. You can find it written on t-shirts, on mugs, tattoos, posters, Steph Curry shoes. You, you know, some people like to refer to it when talking about excellence and great accomplishments. For example, athletes like to recite it after winning a game. Students may write it in their yearbook. Perfect. Ambitious individuals may post it on their social media when they're sharing about a new endeavor or their success. Jacket on. Perfect. And if you're at a gym, you may read it up on the poster to give you some motivation. You can leave that one on the ground. <laughs> I'm just going to remove my earring because I think it's bugging the mic. There we go. All right. You guys look awesome. You know, Philippians 4.13 is often quoted in our world when we're talking about things of great achievement, excellence, accomplishing great things. It is an encouraging verse, one which brings hope and motivation. It seems to speak of striving for great things, aiming high, never giving up, accomplishing great things, excellence, that God has your back. Of course people would love a verse like that. I mean, there's nothing more comforting than speaking Christ's strength over yourself as you work on getting that perfect body, as you're working on that stellar medal, that high-ranking job, that beautiful house. After all, you can do anything. Why? Because your strength is Jesus, of course. But what happens when we're working as hard as we've ever worked? We're asking God for his strength and things are just not clicking. How does that verse sound to us then? Some things are just out of our control. People get sick, accidents happen, mistakes are made, people betray us. And in those moments, we can almost feel like God has let us down. Didn't he promise that I can do anything with his strength? Just like other verses we've been looking at this summer, Philippians 4.13 can often be misquoted. Or better said, it's often twisted to say something that God never said. Now, is it true that God can help us accomplish great things? Yes, he can and he does. Yet when we quote Philippians 4.13 with our goals and our accomplishments in mind, it is using the verse loosely, loosely as if God were a genie in a bottle and reciting those words are a magical phrase to summon him. 
It's almost as if we're saying, God will help me do what I want to accomplish. Why is this harmful? Well, we are putting expectations on God that he never promised in the first place. The New American Commentary explains it this way. Many who misapply this verse step out of God's will for their lives. They hope to cover their actions by a blanket promise of power, but power comes in the will of God. And although the verse was meant to highlight Christ, for some reason, when we share about our accomplishments and put hashtag Philippians 4.13, God tends to get the footnote and we get the glory. To better understand what Philippians 4.13 actually means, let's talk about who wrote it and why. For Philippians 4.13 comes from a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. And if you would like to follow along, I encourage you, if you have a Bible, you can follow along in there. If there's, there should be Bibles in the front back of the pew in front of you. Or you are welcome to use the Bible app. That's the one we recommend. To find Philippians, uh, table of contents will tell you what book, what page number Philippians starts at. And the big number is a chapter, small number is the verse. Feel free to follow along. You know, what I find fascinating about Philippians is that it is one of Paul's most joy-filled letters. And it's shocking when you find out he actually wrote it while in prison. Let's read the part right before the verse we're looking at. We're going to start chapter 4, verse 10. It goes like this. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. When Philippians 4.13 is isolated and quoted out of context, many people associate it with a verse about striving for great things, a verse about excellence. However, when you read it in context, you realize it's actually about contentment. Paul's not talking about his future goals and how God is going to help him get there and accomplish them. Rather, he's declaring that he can endure any hardship through the strengthening power of Christ. And although a lot of people, oh, sorry, Paul has been through some of the worst things. We learned at day camp this week that Paul has seen a lot. He was beaten. He was arrested. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned, he was put in prison, and so much more. He has been through a lot, and despite all that, he can actually say he's content. His secret for being content is stated in Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. 
And although a lot of people quote Philippians 4.13 and define that word everything, or in some translations it also says all things, a lot of times people define it as goals and great accomplishments. But Paul's use of the word is actually meant to be any difficult circumstance. Philippians 4.13 never meant Paul could do anything because Jesus would give him the power to do it. It meant Paul could, do, could endure any difficult circumstance or physical need through the strengthening power of Christ. In fact, the NIV translation even puts verse 13 this way to help clarify it. They say, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul is not a thermometer. He is a thermostat, steadily doing his work and serving Christ no matter the change in his circumstance. And he challenges us to do the same. But you might think, well, why is this understanding better for us from Philippians 4.13? It sounds a lot nicer when you're talking about these things. Philippians 4.13 does not obligate God to empower our plans. It is so much better than that. Jesus will give us the strength we need to endure desperate need. His empowering presence will be with us through every difficult circumstance. Sometimes God does do great things, helps us do great things. But sometimes life is not just about trying harder or aiming higher, being more dedicated or more ambitious or even working harder. What happens when life is not going great? When you're in pain, when you're facing death, divorce, loss, discouragement. You need Christ, not as a coach or co-pilot or band-aid or mechanic or motivator, but you need your sufficient Savior. The author of the book misquoted says it this way. You see, when we take this verse off the poster on the weight room wall, when we strip it of its greeting card, when we stop quoting it, only when we have achieved something the world considers great, when we stop making it all about us and our achievements, and instead about Christ and his mercy, then we can bring it with us even into the pit of suffering and rejoice in its comfort. We get to cling to this verse when life brings us through the darkest valleys, knowing that God will see us through it. At day camp, we talked about how at the end of a train track, you will see a buffer stop. It's a signal that the track is done. Trains have a beginning and an end. The train is, starts at the station. Passengers get on. The conductor yells, all aboard, and the train takes off. 
And it may stop, let the passengers out to go sightsee. They come back on and the train starts again. And it stops and passengers get off, do things, come back on. And it starts, stops, starts, stops, but it's always going on a journey towards eventually the end of the track. It has a beginning and an end. Our lives are the same way. We have a beginning. We're born. We learn to walk and talk. We go to school. We learn to read and write. We make friends. We play sports. We learn how to play the piano. We eventually graduate. And maybe we go to college and then we, we have a career. We maybe get married and have kids. We buy a house. Eventually we retire. And if you're a Bob Knickle, you go golfing. Lots of golfing. And you know what? You maybe enjoy your grandkids and you travel around. And, but eventually your life comes to an end as well. You can't go any further. You know, no matter how ambitious someone is or how hard they work in life or how many medals they win, how many degrees they complete, how fit their bodies are or how much they make, there is something none of us can accomplish. And that is life after death. None of our previous achievements matter in the end. Kids, can you go drop all your items off at the base of that X for me? Yeah, you can carry them all over, yeah. Awesome, you guys can go come drop them off right here and then you can go have a seat. Perfect, thank you. You know, metals tarnish, minds become foggy, bodies age, money runs out. At some point, our life hits a buffer stop and that is it. We can't change that. But thankfully, Jesus can. And he already has through what he did on the cross for us. He takes what would be the ending and he changes the end for us. He made it possible to have eternal life. Ooh. Oh, there, that would help. <laughs> there we go. He changed the outcome. He took what would be the end and accomplished what was needed for eternal life. And can, can Jesus help us in our future endeavors? Yes, but better, he has already accomplished in the past what we need for today. Philippians 4.13 is about accomplishment, but not in the way that we think. It's not about what we accomplish, but rather what Christ has already accomplished for us. And because of that, we can be like Paul and live in contentment no matter what we face. Philippians 4.13 is not about, I'm going to do this, but rather Christ has already done it. It's not about 
You and I aiming higher and accomplishing great things, but instead it's about resting in a great God who has already accomplished the best thing. J.B. Phillips restates Philippians 4.13 as this, I am ready for anything through the strengthening of the one who lives within me. The Living Bible states it this way, I can do anything, everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. Our Rocky Railway theme boldly put it this way, Jesus's power pulls us through all of life's ups and downs. Trust Jesus. That is the truth of Philippians 4.13. Not about us accomplishing great things for God, but about holding on to a God who has accomplished the best thing for us already. And because of this, as Christians, we can endure the most difficult mountains, the lowest valleys through his strength. Maybe you're sitting here though and you say, that sounds great, but I'm not a Christian yet. Well, if you're interested, that can change today. At day camp, we talked about how saying yes to Jesus is as easy as A, B, C. A, you agree you have sinned and you can't save yourself. You need a savior. You be, believe that Jesus is God's son who died on the cross and rose from the grave for your sins. He's the only way. And see, you choose to trust, put your trust in Jesus as your savior and the king of your heart. Asking for forgiveness of your sins and making that decision to serve him every day of your life forever. At day camp, there was a number of kids who recognized, hey, I would like to do that. And if that's you here, I want to give you a chance to respond as well. I know it's not typical always for us to do this in our main services, but I would like to give that opportunity to all of you as well. So can I have everyone close their eyes and bow their heads, even at home? I'm going to uh, pray, and if you say yes, I want to say yes to following Jesus, I'm going to pray it. And you can just um, agree and uh, pray along with me as I pray. If you're already a believer in this room, already identify as a Christian, then I just want you just to be praying right now um, where you're at. Um, yeah, here we go. Father God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you that you care that much about me, that you sent Jesus into the world to change the direction of my life, to change the final outcome. I agree I have sinned. I have done wrong things and I need a savior. I can't save myself. I believe Jesus is that savior who died on the cross for my sins and rose again, that he is God's son 
and I choose to put my trust in Jesus today as my savior and my king of my life. I'm sorry for my sin. I want to serve and follow you all the days of my life. Amen. If you made that declaration today, I or another one of our um, staff members would love to connect with you and help you start this new beginning well. Please come talk to us or feel free to email us. It is a huge decision. It changes your final outcome. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get to have a track that continues past death. He, the track keeps going. There is no end. Eternal life in Jesus. Have you ever heard of the story of the little engine that could? It's a little story that became famous in 1930. In the tale, a long train must be pulled over a high mountain after its locomotive breaks down. Larger locomotives are asked to pull the train for various reasons, though they refuse. The request is sent to a small engine who agrees to try. The engine succeeds in pulling the train over the mountain while repeating the motto, I think I can, 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 I think I can. Do you recall it? You know, it's a beautiful story used to teach children the value of optimism and hard work. However, in light of what we just talked about today and the meaning of Philippians 4.13, if we were the little engine and we were facing this massive mountain in our life, this difficult terrain that we have to face, our motto would not be, I think I can. Our motto gets to be, I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. In fact, he already has. He already has done the best thing that can ever be done. He has accomplished it all. He has given us eternal life. So that means that no matter what I face in my lifetime, whether the highest highs or the lowest lows, I get to cling to the truth that Jesus has already accomplished the best thing and I just got to hold on to him and carry on. That is the beautiful truth of Philippians 4.13, that Jesus's power pulls us through all of life's ups and downs. Trust Jesus. That's the truth. We're going to say that again because I think the kids got it, but not all of you. Picture it like a train whistle. You're pulling down on a train whistle. That's where that comes from. Ready? Jesus's power pulls us through all of life's ups and downs. Trust Jesus. Perfect. To end our time together, we're going to sing a song that the kids learned at day camp. The song is called Same Power. And what I love about this song is that it says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us.
that is a beautiful truth that should encourage us. We can face anything that life brings our way. We can be like Paul and say, we can be content no matter what our life goes through because Jesus's power, his strength will see me through it. He will see me through it. I can endure all of life's ups and downs because of what Jesus has done. Please stand up and sing along with us.